1: Met fellow adventurers. So back to Proving Grounds five. We're still doing the hall of the hobbled. Next up is the Lost Bracelet. Begin the scenario. The old woman who breezes out of the front door of the headquarters of the Silver Quest pauses to acknowledge you. With a friendly nod she you prepare to enter the familiar establishment. She then departs, quickly becoming lost from sight along the bustling streets. Upon stepping inside the headquarters, you are greeted by Windle, who tells you that Quest's latest paying customer has just left, having hired them with gold in advance to retrieve a lost bracelet. A charming young girl, really, says Windle, in a good deal distress over this missing bracelet. must have a rather large value, for she's paid two hundred gold in advance to commission our efforts to retrieve it. You note, somewhat curiously, that Perifian and Iskata are no to be skiing. Wow, continues Woodrow. It's somewhat plain tale that she is told. But let me tell, you, tell it to you before I hand you the wings of this operation. Windrow tells you that the young woman did not give her name. Who did not give her name? Was travelling from Port Halleck to Twithick. On a coach when she lost her bracelet. The coach was ambushed by trolls. Just north of Northscarp. Miraculously the six people on board. Managed to escape from the beast. But in the brief melee. She says that one of the trolls. Waked her arm with its claws. And tore three a bracelet. That is very dear to her. She says the creature then made off with it. For for what reason she couldn't guess. Now, it does seem to be a lot of trouble to make over a bracelet. We certainly can't afford to start questioning the motives of our patrons. Winter explains that he believes the trolls responsible for the wade on the wagon are still in the area somewhere. and one of them likely still has the bracelet. Unless they found a goblin fence to pass it through, I would imagine the beast got his claws on it and kept it. That's yeah, goblin fence. Perhaps associated with that goblin fence that I dealt with in Proving Grounds... Oh, no, I dealt with in Seven Goblins Part 5. Hmm. Er, he says What was this? Stupid internet. Windle tells you that the old woman who did not give her name... What was... Oh, yeah, okay. Beast. I would imagine the beast who got his claws on it has kept it, he says. Suddenly, Windle pauses and his eyes grow wide. He's suddenly of to profound revelation. Hadn't considered it before, Zoop. He says, in an almost apologetic tone. you probably never had much experience dealing with trolls, have you? You begin to tell Window about your time spent with Jig with the Troll Hunter, but he rather curtly denishes his own notion and your story with a sudden wave of his hand. No matter then, he says. You'll learn soon enough, I'm sure. Well, the sooner you can start up, the better, better. That way, best Here, let me show you on the map where the area we're speaking of. The study in the map, Windle relates to you the description of the bracelet, Told to him by the young woman. He tells you that it is a silver bracelet with three small rubies set into it. I can't imagine there's more than one troll up that way toting something around like that, he laughs. A few hours later, you're on an old forest road that winds its way through the thick of the forest north of Trithick. As you pass out of the, an area of the wood known as North Scarp, you realise you, you're near to the spot where the young woman says her coach was attacked. Suddenly, you spot a lone man quite a ways up ahead, on foot and moving south along the road. The man takes notice of you and greets you with a friendly wave. It's precisely this moment that you spot the trolls. Crouched in the undergrowth on the west side of the road are three forest trolls. The savage creatures appear to be lying in ambush. I know, I'm going to equip that troll bond. Yay! Ha 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 ha! You instinctively shout a warning to the man, but it's too late. The instant the words leave your lips, the t- three trolls trolls break cover and bound onto the road, prepared to strike their hapless prey a killing blow. You must that quickly to have any chance of saving the man. So I can use archery, fortification. Telekinesis, illusion, gating, elementalism. I'm going to use fortification. Succeeded. The three t- trolls shriek in alarm as they smash headlong into the invisible barrier now protecting the terrified man. Confused and fearing their prey is perhaps wielding powerful magic, the trio of foals, trolls quickly turn off and bound into the forest. The man stares with your admired, wide-eyed bewilderment as you approach. The man, a young, stocky man with a rather unkempt beard, praises you to no end for intervening and saving him from the three trolls. He introduces himself as pursuant. Trolls? Here? I could never have imagined such a thing, he says, still in shock over the unsettling. And then, you're my friend. I say, luck no, standing with me today. You tell, tell the man that the trolls were partly your reason for making a journey up here. When you mention the missing bracelet, his eyes light up and he reaches into the pocket of his vest. There, says Putzwin, producing a sh- shiny silver bracelet. He hands the pieces to you and your eyes promptly fall upon the three small rubies that adorn it. It is exactly as Window described it. Thank him for the bracelet, and place it safely amongst your other belongings. Then ask him how he came to possess it. He tells you that he found it off the side of the road several miles back. Thought it was more just a stroke of good fortune, he says. And indeed, more than one way it has been. Now, looks like good fortune has come to you too. A series of enraged bellows wore out the forest west of the road. I said to chill the length of your spines. Perzin's face turns ashen and he begins to tremble. Fifty yards to the north, a party of a dozen forest trolls burst out of the wood and begin loping along the edge of the road in your direction. Before you can say anything, Perzin turns and takes flight, dashing wildly to the south, using every ounce of his invaluable strength in a desperate effort to outdistance the savage creatures. The trolls are rapidly bearing down on you. I can take fight with person. No, no. No, I mean, that would keep me safe, no doubt, because I'm pretty sure I'm faster than him. Actually, there's 12 of them, so a few of them could take him, and the rest could run off after me, so... Nah. Nah, I don't know. I think, I think trolls are faster than men, because they're taller. And angrier. Now I'm going to use, or I could just fight the trolls, or I could shoot them with my bow first. I'll shoot them with the bow first. Successfully used your archery skill. 16 XP to archery. You manage to launch 2 well rogue-placed shots and slay a pair of the bounding trolls. The rest of the trolls merely leap over the remains of their slain kin, so they draw up to within melee range. The first four trolls leap at you. Their dead, their deadly claws poised to tear you open. I fight four forest trolls. Oh, and I just did a 20. Yeah, so the engraved troll bunt. Plus 20 MR versus this enemy. BONT For 21 damage. And the forest trolls swipe at you with their deadly claws. Oh, yeah, and... bont for 19 damage. And they are slain. Five of the remaining trolls. Six trolls arrive. And launch herself at you. In a frenzied attack. I face five forest trolls. I'm going to bont them. Bont. For 14 damage. Bont. For 24 damage. Oh no bont. Oh I go into a battle wage. Doing the rolling a 20 for 39 damage. And I bont for 33 damage. Oh yeah. Very nice. Yes. yes. I'm going to keep keep this. I'm going to keep that engraved troll bond handy. Just in case I come across any other trolls. The lone. 3 5 xp The lone remaining troll. Sending a head taller than his slain kin. Strides up and snarls viciously as he hoists a heavy spike club high into the air, preparing to strike you down. I engage the massive troll. The fearsome troll bellows with rage as it attempts to bring its heavy spike club down upon your head. I fight the massive forest troll. All right, the troll swipes its heavy heavy spike club at you, and is. Bonted for 38 extra damage. And then, I keep fighting it. Swinging that bont. It's slain, but I didn't finish it with a bont. I wanted to bont it to death. Bont, 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 bont. I want more bonts. Alright, 38 XP. You step back from the bloody carcass of the slain troll and spend the next several moments catching your breath you're about to turn and head off along the road and attempt to meet up with Hudson when something on the body of the slain troll catches your eye, dangling from its waist. On a thin piece of frayed rope is a rotting leather pouch. You snap the pouch off the rope and empty its contents into your hand. I'm surprised to discover it contains three adventurer tokens. Yay! You discard the ruined pouch and hurry along the road to the south, hoping you can catch up with Pertzen. However, after heading south for nearly half an hour, you become convinced Pertzen must no longer be travelling along the road. Wherever he ended up, you pray he finds his way to safety. It is late afternoon when you arrive back in Trithing. Wundel is overjoyed to learn the success of your mission. And commends you on once again surpassing even his highest expectations. Your credit to the quest, he announces, with no small degree of pride, he initiates a shoulder cross. I shall see to it that our mystery lady receives her prized possession. I believe she is stopping back in tomorrow morning. Window gives you two hundred gold that was paid to him in advance, and again congratulates you on a job well done. You haven't by any chance seen Prithil or Iskadar about, have you? He inquires. Haven't seen any of them since early this morning. Strange. Not yet worth any extra concern. Come now, there's a fresh pot of payload on. Okay, 64 XP, and that finishes this scenario. What's next? The destroyer crap. Ooh, crabs! Well, crap. There's one crab, presumably, because it's crab singular. So, I presume, since it's just one, it must be enormous. Let's just see. Begin the scenario. A Glexarok is not a creature be taken lightly by any means, says Windle, sitting across from me on the stage. As it bounces along on the rough, twisting road leading to the woodland village of Chenbury. Destroyer crabs have certainly... Earn their names. This job ought to be worth every last piece of gold. Okay, what is a gexawog? gexawogs also known as Destroyer Crabs, are large, land-based crabs that are roughly the size of a half-grown dragon. Oh, blimey. These powerful and aggressive creatures are extremely dangerous and have been known to destroy, hence their name, entire villages while searching for food. Which, unfortunately, includes humans. So, it's a giant enemy crab. And I've got to... And apparently... I've got to hit it all its spots for massive damage. Just, just, this, mor- just this morning, word of via Messenger from believe requesting the help of the Silver Quest in dealing with a rewarding Grexawok has been roaming the woodlands around the village for the last several days. Only be a matter of time before the crab comes in- into the village, says Windle, that beast would eat every last man, woman and child and still suffer an ache in its belly. Thankfully, they are a rare problem, for a problem they most certainly are. Upon your arrival in Toon you are met by a large powerful looking man named Moxier, who introduces himself as the head of the militia. He takes your hand and nearly crushes it in your grip as he makes your acquaintance. Moxier tells you the crab came close to the village just this morning but for some reason turned away at the last moment and retreated into the forest. A temporary reprieve says Window, grimacing as he extracts his hand from Moxia. Moxia is forced for grip. The crab will return they always do. Suddenly, Windle screams, almost toppling over the face first. Mox is quick to grab hold of his arm and pull him back to start missions. My my, apologies, says Windle, suddenly seeming to be out of breath. Ever since that running with, well, with the, well, you know, so the running we had in Twifik. I haven't quite been myself. I think I'd better stay and keep a watch on things here, lest the crab return while you're on the hunt. Oh, someone's just called me. I'm gonna pause it. You agree to the plan and Moxar leads you to the edge of the forest, on the north side of the village, the place where the Quexawog was last seen this morning. Have no fear, says Windle, seems to recover from his dizzy spell. Our man Zoop is up to the task. I have no doubt about that. Moxar tells you there are two places where you might to head to begin your, your hunt for the crab. To the west, not far from the village, is a rugged area of forest, forest with many tall ledges. To the east, slightly further away, is an old abandoned farm. They'll give you at least a couple of points to make for, he says. Rooks are... Rooks are, are, both wish you luck. And watch as you depart into the forest in search of the Grecs Alright, so to the farm. onto to the ledges. Let's see. Does the skill of woodmanship give me any clues? Nope. Nope. No no clue, clues from the skill of woodmanship. All right. Going to use divination. See if that gives me any clues. Secret clues. Nope. No secret clues from that either. So I'll go towards uh, the rockletters. You prowl the rock ledges in the forest west of the village, hoping to find some sign of the destroyer crabs. You're passing between two towering ledges, a sound from above you. Look up, only to find a shower of stone and earth raining down on you, on the top of your ledge to the left. So, I can use fortification, telekinesis, or gating. I'll just... Gating. Succeeded. 32 XP to gating. The instant the swirling black portal opens, you dive into it. Moments later, you emerge from another portal, only a few feet from where you previously stood, but safely clear of the falling rocks. Okay, but is that any better than me just jumping out of the way? Yeah, yeah, hmm. I mean, do gates also distort time? Maybe. Yeah, gating always just seems... It always seems, okay, how did you have time to open the portal? And then walk through it. You're doing two things. You're moving and you open your portal. If you're just dodging, you're just moving. It shouldn't be quicker. It should be slower, because it's two things. Yeah, yeah, that's... I guess you just open the portal really close to you. Okay. You look up to the top of the ledge above, and much to your horror, witness a set of large spiny legs extending over the edge of the walk. You stare in disbelief as the massive Grexa walk hurls its tremendous bulk over the side and scurries down the rock wall with surprising speed and grace. The destroyer crab reaches the forest floor and turns to face you, raising its powerful claws high into the air. The ground shakes as the massive destroyer crab bears down on you, trampling over small trees in its path as its pair of powerful claws snap. Snap the air high above its head. So, I've got a few options here. You can use archery. Honestly, I don't think that would be that effective against something that's entirely made of armour. Gating, illusion, or elementalism. I'll google the illusion ago, and that sounds fun. I succeeded. The timely illusion of two humans moving out of the brush to the crab's left. Causes the creature to stop and turn in that direction. With his attention momentarily diverted, you rush up and strike the beast a terrible blow. Wounded, the crab momentarily recoils. Seizing the opportunity, you rush forward, hoping to finish finish off the powerful menace. You quickly leap onto the wounded Grecquot, hoping to gain an advantage over the fearsome beast. The massive crab snaps its claws wildly as it counters your attack. I fight a Grexawog and it's wounded. Okay, back to back to the mace. Okay, back to normal equipment now fighting. The mighty destroyer claw Claw snaps. It's powerful claw as you okay. I think that's another typo. Mighty Destroyer Crab snaps its powerful claws at you. Okay, yep. And here we are. And keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. It is slain. 71 XP. The ground shakes as the crab's immense bulk crashes to the forest floor. The grexor's spiny legs twitch for nearly a minute... Of the great beast emits a final gasp and at last expires. As you catch your breath, you stand marvelling the sheer size and might of the dead crab. Then, armed with the knowledge that the knowledge that the village of of Tin Bra has nothing to fear from this creature, you turn and make your way out of the forest. Also, they're gonna make that crab into a heck lot of stew. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's there, you might as well. You might as well make a giant Grexel or gumbo. Or whatever. Or whatever it is that you make out of craps. Roxar, Mah. Um, Woundear um, and Moxalar are the first to greet you. He's returning triumph to the blended. Splendid Splendid cries Moxala as he repeatedly crushes your hand in his firm grip, while simultaneously and forcefully sapping you on the brack. And admit I never believed half the tales about the silver crest, but are stiff words for any man who tries to convince me otherwise now. Splendid you, you and Boondor, big farewell to Moxar, both careful to avoid the crushing grip of his hand at all costs, and set off on the return trip to Trithic. Tales said, "Rubin, in an incredulous tone, as the stage that bore you to trithic reverses his course and rattles off along the road, never believed half the tales, as if he believes our deeds have been embellished, entirely made up, stiff words. I'll say, I like to give." Give that fellow the stiff back of my hand. You're certainly taken aback, and at the same time amused by Windor's flamboyant mind. And Moxiel, he says, shaking his head, just what sort of name is Moxiel? It's a good thing Pratham was with us, so he would likely have not kept his wits in the presence of that elf. Tells indeed. Windor sighs and hands you a cloth bag containing the payment Moxiel gave him. 100 gold tokens be a day far in the future when the silver crest knocked down a destroyer crab village of cheer rear, he grumbles for leaning back in seat and shutting his eyes far far into the future and that finishes that scenario with 64 XP oh okay now Whatever part one, part one has five scenarios, and, and this is the fifth. The Beast of Lopturn Bog. Begin it, Lopturn Bog. Sire's window. I hoped we had gone, we well, have gone the west of our lives without hearing hearing mention of that infernal place. No such luck, though, for it seems their beast has returned. Grythin, seated next to the fire, rolls his eyes. Window explains to you the silver crest has thrice over the years attempted to hunt down and slay the semi-mystical beast of lop bog. And through each is proving fruitless, they are by no means devoid of danger. I'll sooner be a one-armed-legged peddler strolling through Gadaron's end at midnight with a... F- mule cart full of gold, he frowns. A bog is nothing but a haven for snakes, spiders and leeches. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a toad or two lying about in there for good measure. You learn that the beast of locturned bog is rumoured to be a large serpent of some sort. According to local legend, defends its home, the bog, by devouring any creature foolish enough to wander too near it. Near to it. Well, they convinced down in a Lock Term that the beast has been sighted several times in the last few weeks, seeing that it is time for the silver quest to earn another 200 gold, squatting biting flies and flinging snakes. Much as you expected, you discover that you will be making the trek to a Lockterm Term Have you even told Zoo about this Grandor? As put in suddenly. Windor looks up at you and slowly shakes his head. Windor Toshina in Skirthole was attacked just after dawn, the northern edge of the city, by two masked men, each wielding power each wielding iron wands that discharged a powerful blast of lightning. Okay. Some point I'm gonna to have to deal with these men and whoever sent them. He was nearly killed, says Prithen, cutting in at the end of Windor's narrative. Partly you have wit enough to take flight, and so we are still feel strong as you speak. It was no random act, you no doubt concluded yourself. He was targeted for death. Lernery Scwindor is now at a safe, undisclosed location, and Windle tells you he's glad that you're leaving town for Lotta. Something stirs here in the city, he says, lowering his voice as if he is being overheard. Put my mind at ease to know you're out of the way of any of it for the next small while. He pressed Windor and Praffin for further details of the matter involving Scandor, Isquidor, and Ah, uh, and they were reluctant to tell you more about it. All I can say is it may be connected with the young lady, that bracelet you retrieved not long ago, says Windor. In all honesty, it may have nothing to do with all it. On the other hand. It may have everything to do with it. Don't worry about it just now, said Prithan. Put it out of your mind. Get on with the business down at Lopter. Believe me, you'll forget all about it when you're swatting thrice with both hands and and standing within arm's reach of that odorous bog. The The preparations for your trip are made within the hour on a coach bound south out of Trithick for for the small town of Lopter. When you arrive in Lopterm in the early afternoon, you quickly begin to understand why this dank, dismal place is so disliked by both Windle and Prythrin. Your sudden appearance in this small town does not go unnoticed. Within minutes of stepping off the stage, you are approached by the mayor of Lopterm, a short, rotund, white-haired man by the name of Uliapur Prawnley. Uliapur tells you that you have arrived not a moment too soon. ''The business about the beast has everyone, and that is without exception, mind you, thrown into a fit,'' says the mayor, wringing his hands nervously as he addresses you. ''Can't tell you, though, how honoured we are to have the Silver quest, and in particular you, Zoop, on the job. Yulia tells you that the beast has been quiet for years, and that for nearly a decade there have been no sightings of it. However, you that over the last several weeks,'' There have been dozens of sightings of a large serpent-like creature dipping in and out of the water of the bog. It's not the beast, says it's certainly a beast, and I can't allow either one of those circumstances to go unchecked. The mare leads you to a small field on the edge of the expansive bog that borders the town and shows you a small but sturdy wellboat drawn up on the bank. Use the boat if you like. Discern that sort of thing is more commonplace for you, but please know nothing short of pure terror for a simpler folk. But prayers go with you, Soup. Be careful. You tell Rula he has nothing to worry out, and he seems confident enough of your assessment. He again wishes you luck and, ter- and turns and heads back to town. With one eye on the rowboat and the other gazing out of the dark, still water of the treacherous bomb, realize you, know, you must. Deciding how to proceed. So you can take the boat or search the wood on the wood and the edge of the bog. Okay, I'll search the woods first. You begin an exhaustive search along the banks of the bog, nearby woods for any sign that might lead you to the beast. Picking a number of bonus for 157. 19 from luck, 138 from woodmanship. I think this is going to succeed. Only a few yards from the western edge of the bog, you discover a broad, partially concealed mouth of a cave. Exercising a great deal of poor caution, you slowly enter and descend what could very well be the lair of a very large creature. Explore the cave. Alright. The cave does indeed seem to be the lair of some large beast. Piles of bones, both human and animal, lie strewn across the floor of the apparent den. The stench of death and decay is almost overpowering. You're you're about to begin searching through the debris when a deafening roar shatters the silence, causing your heart to skip two full beats. A massive, white-horned, green-scaled serpent flivers into view out of the shadowy recesses of the cave. You immediately recognised this fearsome creature to be a Trosk. Though it is almost twice the size of any Trosk you've, you've ever seen or heard tell of. Wait, what is a Trosk? Trosk. These powerful serpents, although rare these days, still inhabit remote swamplands, land, where they rightfully wane at the very top of the food chain. Able to stay submerged for hours at a time, the Trosk will, will erupt from the water, to bewilder and ensnared its unsuspecting prey. There are several varieties of these massive serpents, for the majority of them have green scales. Their heads are adorned with a pair of long white horns that the creature will use to attack. These massive reptiles may grow to nearly 50 feet in length. There are few indeed who have encountered a few fully grown twosk and lived to tell about. I'll just add myself to that list. The ancient swamp twister is preparing to make you its first meal of the day. Ooh, I can use illusion, gazing, archery, or necromancy. Ooh, necromancy. Succeeded. Channeling your power with necromancy, you call upon the long dead victims of the fearsome serpent. And almost at once the floor of the beast, dens, beast den comes to life. Skeletal remains of both humans and animals rise up from the paths of decay and launch a frenzied attack. On the un- ancient trosk, the massive creature makes short work of the undead, but not before it has suffered several serious wounds. The ancient trosk slivers forward and attacks. Fighting an ancient Trosk, but it is already wounded. The ancient Trosk roars as it snaps its powerful jaws at you. Alright, let's see, and keep fighting. And it is slain. 70 experience points. The great serpent shudders and collapses to the floor the cave as a torrent of thick, dark blood spills out of the many wounds now marking its bulky torso. You search through the debris and discover a large quantity of gold in bags and pouches, amid the remains of some of the serpent's long-dead victims. 1,288 gold, to be precise. One of the pouches also contains two adventurer tokens, Certain that you haven't overlooked anything, and eager to put Lockton and behind you, you make your way out of the cave and head back to town. Oolia Cornley is overjoyed to learn the death of the beast that for so many years terrorized Lockton. He asks that you stay on for the festivities that are about to be held in the wake of the serpent's demise. However, eager to turn to Twythick in the light to the state of things when you left, left, you politely decline. After accepting payment on the behalf of the Silver Quest, you bid, you bid Uliapornli and the gloomy town of Locturn farewell and board the stage that will bear you back to the city. The news of victory over the beast of Bog is somewhat overshadowed upon your return to the headquarters of Silver Quest when you learn that Windor has also been attacked. By the same pair of master salems that nearly killed Iswidar, Windle, apart from several cuts and bruises and a rather nasty sin for a bolt of lightning, is in fine spirits. Told you that he managed to fend off their initial assault and even force them into retreat, because of course he did. I mean, he is one of the finest warriors in the land. And that's currently. In his younger days probably he was even tougher, but he's still tough. He's, he's, he's a badass grandpa. Let's let not whatever dark affair finds itself at the door. Dismiss your great feet in Loptern. The beast of Lopturn. Well done, Zoop, says Windor, meeting you in a shoulder cross and thrusting a steaming mug of payload into your hand. There can be little doubt that we have somehow raised the eye of a dangerous and unrelenting foe here and home. only oh, wish we knew their motive! Quithrin sneers and slams his fist in the top of the mantle. Take to the streets and invite them to come to us! Karatati growls. Even without his kedar, those two cowards behind the mass would find themselves outmatched beyond all reason against the three of us. The sitting is to invite to sit and wait and to invite attack on their terms. Now, my friends, says Windle, turning first to Preffin, then back to you. This time that we... Is, 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 is... Now, my friends, says Windle, turning first to Preffin, then back to you, is the time you must stay our hand. Let this enemy reveal itself. It is most doubtful that these two masked saliments have any real grudge against us. But I, but I would wager whoever they find themselves in league with, does. And that finishes that scenario and that part for 128 experience to general. Okay. Now, I'm not going to do the next part yet because things get... Complicated. And I don't want to start that mid episode. But I'll read out the preview at least. The part title. Something sinister slinks through the shadows of Twithic as cruel distant eyes quietly rest their piercing gaze upon the silver crest. And this part two is the all oh, is the entire West of this Proving Grounds adventures. It is long. It's gonna it's gonna take I don't know maybe ten episodes to finish it. It's gonna be a while. But for now, time to save. And so next time we'll be getting into the Confederation of Shadows, but for now, farewell fellow adventurers.